Welcome to my basement, everybody. We have an incredible episode for you today. We are celebrating the release of Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. I absolutely adored the game and I gave it a nine out of 10. Please watch my review uh, because you'll see a very happy man talking about a game he loves. I've got the game director, Dan Neal with me and the art director, Josh Nadelberg. This is an incredible game. I've been raving about this thing and I know a lot of other people have. Dan, how are you feeling? The game is out there, people are playing it and uh, the reviews are great how's it going for you we couldn't be happier you know we've been working on this game for a couple of years and when you work in a game you're kind of working in the dark you're working quietly uh and then suddenly it goes super loud and it goes super big and we couldn't be more pumped to see all the love online awesome josh how about yourself yeah i mean echoing what dan said we're in our little bubble while we're working on it and right. Our, our passions getting thrown in there and we're excited about it and we imagine people will be, but seeing them actually respond and so much positivity in the community, it's, it's, it's humbling, it's great. That's awesome. Dan, you guys started with the idea of this being a carry through of the work that Naughty Dog did with Crash 1, 2, and 3. Right. Um, was that a, you know, a freeing thing that you had some building blocks to start with or does that add, add uh, you know, a tremendous amount of pressure to kind of live up to, uh, you know, <laughs> what people remember and love about the originals? You know, I think no matter what we've done, there's always going to be a lot of pressure if you're making a new Crash Bandicoot game. Uh, yeah. But, you know, we know that there's the original three games from Naughty Dog have got a special place in the hearts of the Crash fans, um, us too. Um, yeah. And that felt like the right place to kick off. You know, folks have been waiting, uh, well, it's been over 10 years since the last mainline Crash game, and it's been over 20 since those original three games. Folks have been waiting a long time, uh, us included. Yeah. Was, uh, I mean, were you guys and was Activision, you know, kind of blown away by the reaction to the, the trilogy remake and how successful it was? Or was that kind of an expected thing? Josh? Uh, well, I can't speak for Activision as, as a whole, but I think we were really overwhelmingly excited to see that Crash Bandicoot had that much enthusiasm and that the yeah. fans wanted more Crash. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I think we, we, we loved seeing that. And I'm... The fly in, is attacking. Hold <laughs> Obama, get it. We're at the debate here. <laughs> you know, little debate action. I love it. Uh, Dan, what what makes a good Crash Bandicoot game? Now that you've lived with this character for a number of years, what what makes a good game in this universe? Um, so I guess where we started was we went back to those games and we broke down what we felt made them special. And mm -hmm. for us, there was. Um, so what's unique about the gameplay in Crash is the um, tight, precise execution that's being asked of players. It's not about exploration. It's about being handed a colorful, fun set of tools, uh, the players, and then being asked to execute difficult challenges. It's kind of like a, it's almost like a, like a guitar hero, almost, where you're given a very precise set of uh, uh, gameplay asks and then the player has to execute. So that was really our launch off point from the gameplay side. Probably Josh could speak more on the, on the artistic side. Yeah, what, what do you think, uh, you know, obviously this is a character rooted in, in uh, you know, cartoon animation history. I think that's what, uh, you know, uh, Jason Rubin and Andy Gavin were kind of going for when they, you know, crafted this character so many years ago. Um, talk about how we as players have responded to this character and, and his world and what that meant for you to uh, uh, kind of pick up on it and to embellish it and make us fall in love with him again with Crash 4. Yeah, well, uh, we, we knew that we wanted to 
kind of lean into that cartoony aesthetic. Um, and the yeah. guys at VV, the team at VV, they did such an amazing job with the Insane Trilogy, um, kind yeah. of reimagining those original games. And we wanted to uh, make sure that people saw this game, knew it was a new game. This isn't a remaster. This is a brand new from scratch crash experience. So giving it a, a fresh coat of paint uh, felt like a, a good opportunity for us to inject a little bit more of that extreme cartoon characterization. So the characters in, in Crash 4, it's about time, uh, the animation and the expressivity and the extremes are, are just pushed as far as we could. There's swatch and stretch and everything. There's coyote time where the character runs off of the edge of something and hangs out in space before they fall and um, smear frames and all kinds of great uh, classic 2D hand-drawn cartoon uh, aesthetic touches that we added. So, so you guys were looking at the classic Crash, but also some old animated classics as well. Was that part of the development? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, looking at, at old cartoons, um, knowing what influenced the original game is, is great because you can go back and, and study that as well. So it, all the history is there. Awesome. Dan, did you guys have any connection with, you know, any of the old vets that worked on Crash? Did you reach out to developers or, or people that have been able to work with Crash over the years? Yeah, there's a couple of folks that were in the Activision family who we reached out to right at the start to get their take on the way that we were thinking about the franchise, um, the way that we were thinking about the characters, the way that we were thinking about the gameplay, uh, make sure that we were on point. Yeah. That's awesome. Was there a... Um... Uh, was there a day when you kind of felt like you nailed it or, or, or did you instinctually know the direction and you could feel the, that sort of, you know, that the, this sort of fun kind of stacking on itself and it was working right from the beginning? I don't know. There's ever a day when you know you've nailed it. <laughs> it's just, uh, <laughs> we did it. <laughs> it's just, uh, you well, know, you guys did it. You shipped it. Everybody loves it. So the, you know, we could say you did it. <laughs> yeah, the team killed it. It's a, it's a, it's a ramp, right, right from the very start. It's a ramp of just getting the levels blocked out, breaking down the gameplay, building the core mechanics. Every, you know, you're when you're making a game, you're really close to it, and it can be hard when you're a developer to to really see what you're making to get the yeah. outside perspective. Um, yeah. All you got to do is you just trust your instincts. You listen to what people say. You take it, you know, the, the uh, input that we took along the way. You take it seriously, and you adjust and adjust and adjust and keep iterating on the game. Well, that's awesome. I reached out to uh, folks on Twitter and asked, uh, I told them that I was talking with you guys today and I got a few questions. One of them's from Country Boy 9 saying, uh, how do they feel about making grown men cry with their highly challenging game? <laughs> we did it. <laughs> we did it. We did do it. <laughs> was, was that one of the, uh, the, the, the feature, the bullet points, your, your pillars that you had to hit there? Uh, don't, yeah, don't uh, hit that core pillar of the DNA, which is that this game is, uh, this game has difficulty in embedded within what it is. It's important to Crash that it, that it is challenging and Crash is about um, being given a mountain to climb as a gamer and then, yep. being able, but making sure that every challenge is fair. That was, that was um, something that we were really conscious of, that there's no... Uh, there's no just gotcha deaths. It's like if the player, and this is true for every game, if the player uh, makes a mistake, they have to know it's their mistake. It's not the yeah. game's fault. Everyone, you have to know like, and so you want to do it again. So um, we're really conscious of that when we were thinking about the difficulty of the game. 
So the swears are part of the organic, <laughs> you know, getting lost in the experience, but you're not swearing at the game. You're swearing kind of at your inability to <laughs> right. get that timing, right? That's, I guess, the, and, that's the goal. Yeah. And so when you focus test something like this and, and you, uh, you know, have it tested internally, mm -hmm. uh, I guess this is a question for you, Dan. I mean, uh, how, how do you... How, how do you do that? How do you keep people sane? And you know, you're you're probably moving platforms by millimeters and adjust and tweaking, you know, the dials and everything. How do you keep everybody kind of, you know, not not freaking out and not running for the hills? Um, well, one thing is that um, as a developer, you just get so good at the levels that you can't judge it anymore. Ah. You know, the level designers internally, we're just all breezing through it. Like, it's, right? It, yeah. Once you get because because. Because once you get used to the levels and you learn the skills of moving around as Crash and you learn how to play as the new characters or the, the new platforming tricks that we added, um, it doesn't become a challenge so much anymore. Um, so you're right that you have to reach out to people who are fresh to the game and then you measure how they perform and you talk to them about how they felt um, and then you rev the game again and you, and you go again. Do you measure by how red in the face they get when they play? Like How do, how, how do you... How do you gauge yeah, you, that? You know, you have, you have analytics as well. So you're looking at heat maps of where people died. You're looking Are at... Are you uh, kidding? Of course. That's awesome. Yeah, wow. Because we have to make sure that the game is properly ramped, that the game um, starts really accessible, and by the end, there's a genuine challenge. Because yeah. not only does the game get harder, but players' skill goes up as they move through the campaign. So you, getting that balance right is um, something that's really fine-tuned. Yeah, I mean, it does feel like this is a game, and I said this in my review, that is really kind of steering you to play these levels again. And uh, Josh, was that, you know, part of uh, your sort of course as the art director was to kind of, you know, work with the designers to put lots of little details and secrets so that people will see lots of new things every time they replay? Absolutely, yeah. We wanted the world to feel really rich and full and, and focused on this idea of environmental storytelling so that as you're going through these worlds, you're even if it's not explicit in the narrative of the game, there's yeah. kind of a, a story in each level. So for example, like in the in the Snow Way Out level, there are all these zombie fishermen. And like, we could have just made a level in the snow with ice mechanics, but instead we kind of created this headcanon of our own as to like why this is all happening. And I, I hope fans can kind of engage in that themselves and come up with their own stories. Cause I think that's, that's really awesome. immersive. Yeah. Um, and, and then on top of that, we, we wanted um, some of the replayability to, to be reinforced by the game itself. So we have the inverted mode, um, which was co-developed by our friends over at Vinox, which allows you to replay all of the levels of the game in a, a mirror mode with these amazing uh, visual uh, post-processing filters to give them these incredible new looks. So um, it's a, a really super way to re-experience the game. Absolutely gorgeous. I had comments on my review talking about, um, you know, the next-gen kind of fidelity of, of how this game already looks. And of course, you guys are dealing with um, y y these dimensional rifts and you're, you're, you're adding logic to why these levels are themed, which is something that I picked up on. Um, when did that? When was that a decision for you guys? I guess Dan. When when did you guys decide that that was going to be how you were going to go from stage to stage? Right at the start, right at the very start. That was when we um, we were looking at uh, uh, the original trilogy and how we wanted to create uh, a story that keyed off from the events of uh, Crash Tree Warped. Yeah. Um, 
that's where we led to thinking about time and thinking about dimensional travel and rifts and parallel universes as our uh, core binding um, creative pillar for uh, the new game. And from that came, like you said, the rifts and thinking about the world, but also other aspects. We also took that notion of time and space and created our four new um, quantum masks. Um, that each have uh, a different power that associates with that same sense of time and space. That's awesome. When you yeah. saw the um, the trailer for uh, Ratchet and Clank uh, Rift Apart, did did you guys go, "Hey, that looks a bit familiar," or like, "What are they doing?" Any what, any what, kind of what what game? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> no, yeah, not a problem. Not a problem. Not a problem. There's yeah. there's a lot of space and time for game developers to work with. Absolutely. You say. Absolutely. Yeah, very cool. Talk to me a little bit about um, uh, Toys for Bob. I've always thought that this is a, a very unique and special company, and obviously huh. Skylanders is a huge part of the history. But yeah. you know, every time I mention Toys for Bob, I hear Star Control it just bubbles up. But <laughs> right, uh, there was there was a Madagascar game that I mm -hmm. reviewed back in the day, and it just blew my mind. It, it, what kind of a company is Toys for Bob, and how long have you guys both been working there? We'll start with you, Josh. Uh, I've been at Toys R Bob since uh, the inception of the Spyro Reignited project. So um, these past two projects and um, man, I, I honestly, I've been in the game industry for 20 plus years now. And um, the team, the culture, um, the creativity, it's, it's a really special place to work. I, I, I'm, it's, it's family friendly. It's, we have dogs running around the studio when we're allowed to be in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> in COVID times. Um, you know, it's, just, it's a wonderful <laughs> place. I love my, I love my team. That's awesome. And Dan, awesome. how long have you been working there? I've been, uh, I joined Toys for Bob in 2011, just before the first Skylanders game was released. I came over from the UK. You can probably tell that I'm not a Californian native. Uh, I came over yeah, almost 10 years ago and like unbelievable, like echoing what Josh said, the people at Toys for Bob, the culture, super creative, super welcoming, super inclusive, childlike, but childlike with a maturity. Like, yeah. you know, if, if you can, if you know what I mean, it was like well, a play, it, it's a playfulness. Yeah, it's evident in the games that, that come out of the studio, you know, they're, they're, um, they're genre-based games that that sort of, you know, you, you would sort of pigeonhole them as being a part of something you're familiar with. But then there's always, in every Toys for Bob experience, and Skylanders is a huge part of that, there is this, uh, you know, really clever, mature surprise, you know, right. and, and, and that engagement that hooks you in. And, and that's not an accident. That's something that you have to cultivate and, and kind of... Uh, and I, I see that on uh, from the outside, so I'm always curious about... Uh, the internal workings and and um, you know the structure and I'm, you you guys were there through uh, well Dan you were there through the Skylanders madness and, yeah. and did the company change a ton through that era or or was it kind of the company you signed up to work at? It was it didn't change much. It's the same. Mm. Just like it's interesting because with a, a game, if you know the people behind the game, it makes sense to what you see on screen. And uh, that's right. been I felt that's been true throughout my career as well um and the sort of level of wackiness that you see in the toys for bob games and the um the playfulness and the cartooniness um that's kind of how it feels to work here 
That's awesome. Yeah. We, we've had uh, a couple of incredible games from Activision with Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 and, uh, and, and now Crash 4 that harken back to a, the 90s and a different time for mm. how games get made. There's not really a, uh, uh, a games as service kind of application or any you know, microtransaction stuff. It's like all of the, the content is packaged within the material. And it, has that been a... Uh, a discussion across the studios because it feels like with Vicarious Vision and Beanox and you guys, there's a move forward by looking backward a little bit that's happening right now. And I'm, I'm wondering if that's a, a cultural thing that's going on within Activision. I don't know if it's a cultural thing as much as these are awesome games that we're lucky enough to get the opportunity to work on and like gamers we also have super fond memories of them so we're just um we're just happy to be able to uh bring these franchises back both in terms of uh remasters like the games you outlined but also with a brand new game like crash 4. yeah awesome yeah. josh how about yourself are you feeling like uh i don't know can we expect more kind of things that harken back to a different different era from from you guys and from the studios at activision well, we're really here to talk about Crash 4. Um, I know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, I'm sure we'll got gotcha. a okay. lot of well, Not going to get us on that one. No. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I, I, you know, I, just you have a fan in me. I like this direction. <laughs> I'm, I'm digging this. I love Tony Hawk, and I love what you guys did with Crash 4. Um, okay, awesome. um, we have a, uh, a couple of other questions here. Uh, Paul Gale says... Uh, how cool would it be on a scale of one to 10 if we would see Crash in uh, Super Smash Brothers? Dan, how cool would that be? It sounds like for him, it's a 10, right? <laughs> <laughs> Josh, how cool do you think that would be out of 10? I know a lot of people would love to see that. Very good, very good. Um, and, uh, oh, yeah, this is a good one from Sherpy. This is obviously a game that's just released on the PlayStation uh, 4 and the Xbox One, uh, and the new machines are coming. Are there going to be any upgrades in terms of backwards compatibility on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series? Sorry, I'm, I'm forcing talking about more development on this game on you guys but yeah I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm curious that's going to be another one where we have to uh where we have to just let that question slide right by us and say <laughs> we say that we're uh today we're talking about the release on playstation 4 and the uh, xbox one series of consoles Gotcha, gotcha. And of course, everybody's wondering if this is, as I was streaming it and, and comments in my review, everybody's asking if this is going to be a Switch game. Is that uh, anything that you can let us know about? I, you're correct that everyone's asking that question. <laughs> <laughs> I got a job to do, gentlemen. I got to so ask good. the questions. I got to do it. It's our job to ask the question. It's our job to do what we're doing. <laughs> Um, now, the game is out there, and uh, obviously the critics are, are raving about it, like myself, but I'm, I'm wondering if you've heard from people, like from fans, you know, like, have you gotten some cool art across Twitter, or, you know, I know that you guys aren't all collected in an office right now, so it's probably, like, people can't send you fan mail in, in like the old days, but have you been hearing from folks? And if you have, tell me something that really kind of resonated for you. We'll start with you, Dan. Um, do you know what? I'm going to throw to Josh because yeah, yeah. for, for the art that I see on Twitter is amazing. Incredible. Amazing. Yeah. The, both the Spyro and the Crash 
community have just so many artist supporters out there who, who yeah. are doing incredible work. I mean, it blows me away. Um, we uh, we have like a weekly update where we send out some of our favorites to the whole studio on our Slack. And yeah, we, we can't get enough of it, honestly. Um, but I think uh, one, one we, we get occasional uh, forwards or messages from the community. And there was one message I remember about a, a player who just really it brought them back to their childhood playing this game with their dad um yeah. playing original games with their dad and being able to have a new game to play with their kids um it's stuff like that that just like touches the heart and makes you really grateful for the opportunity to work on on games that can have an impact on people you know josh is, in this we get the same on skylanders with people saying that like skylanders was a way for kids who were you know because obviously skylanders was aged at younger audience for kids to yeah. connect with their parents and to find yeah. like a, a shared creative imaginary world to jump into um like josh said we're kind of getting the opposite this time where parents are saying hey this crash 4 game is a great place for me to spend some time with my kid and connect it's pretty heartwarming that is awesome. Especially is that in these times is that a COVID times? It's nice to have a, a game yeah. that's just fun, colorful, bright, vibrant, and you know, I think we we need that right now. Yeah. Is is that a philosophy that that you know we can apply to Toys for Bob? Is that it feels like that seems you know kind of synonymous with the games that Toys for Bob creates? I think that's fair, and it comes back to what we were talking about earlier on with the uh, uh, childlike the uh, childlike nature of the folks at the studio. Uh, yeah. Uh, that it, yeah, kids at heart. So obviously this is a game that's taken a couple of years to craft and this has been the strangest year for everybody. Um, <laughs> how was it for you guys and, and did release dates slip or milestones slip? Were you guys able to kind of shift into this new mode and just get it all done? Amazingly, we were, yeah. Um, we had incredible support from Activision and our IT department and Activision yeah. IT, and yeah. we got ourselves set up remotely in a, like a weekend. And amazingly, uh, the team adapted to that super well, and I think we're, we've been as effective as you could imagine. Yeah, totally. That's Absolutely. awesome. Yeah. This is a game that, uh, you know, when you start talking about all the stuff in it, it almost kind of comes off like a late night infomercial. And there's this thing, and there's that thing, right. and we got this thing, you know, which is, yeah. it's incredible. Uh, are there things that you haven't revealed and the world is still discovering, or, you know, and is, has there been something that, that has bubbled up maybe even recently in the last couple of weeks where, ah, they found that, or, and, and is there a lot more uh, that people are going to be digging for for a long time. There's, there's more. There's more. Yeah. There's more. Like yeah. Josh alluded to the little secrets and the little franchise lore um, nods uh, that we sprinkled and hid throughout the game. And there's things that I've not seen anybody talking about yet. So oh, that's I imagine. So cool. Yeah, I imagine there'll there'll be things to be found for months to come. <laughs> that's fantastic yeah. uh josh do you have a favorite um ingredient might be you know an art element or a, a design concept or um, you know a specific kind of area in the game that that uh just um, really sings for you you know i i thought that the the quantum masks are, are such a perfect embodiment of like all parts of game development coming together um mm. they add this incredible new layer to classic crash gameplay with the, the gravity flip, the phase shifting, the time slowing, and the, the quantum spin mechanic. Um, it, it just, 
shows how design ideas can inspire art and art can then come back and inspire design to maybe rethink some of their assumptions. Um, so the, I, the whole creative process involving that layer to the game was just super collaborative and, and really fun. Yeah. Awesome. Dan, how about yourself? I think my favorite ad that we made to the franchise, probably the new playable characters. Mm -hmm. Got our big our big boy Dingo Dial. <laughs> that we're that's uh, a, a favorite of mine uh, and Cortex as well. And then Tana, you know, we uh, we took a fresh approach to bring Tana, who was a kind of a side character from the from the earlier Crash games. Uh, we yep. brought her back more strongly, and just a tremendous amount of thought and effort from, especially Josh's team, went into thinking about how we could um, present her from an alt universe and uh, make her feel more contemporary. So super proud of, um, super proud of Tana, and just amazing to see the positive reaction to all three of the new heroes as well. That's awesome. Now, th this is a challenging game. That's well established. Every review is going to say that. Everybody that sure. uh, that uh, talks to somebody about this game is going to say that. Um, do you have any tips, any hints for players that might be getting super challenged? Dan? I have one. Play on modern mode. <laughs> play on modern mode. So in case anyone doesn't know, so there's two ways that you can play the game, retro mode and modern mode. And with modern mode, we don't have limited lives. You can always keep playing from the last checkpoint that you reached. Um, something that we felt was really important. It, it, uh, it, when we talked about difficulty, it's important that we provide players with ways to keep playing and keep trying at the challenges and not knock them back to the start of the level in the ways the old Crash games did. But at the same time, it was important to us to um, keep the, uh, the old system in there as well. So we call that retro mode. So that's my yeah. tip. Play modern mode. Josh, what about yourself? Only way to play, modern mode. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think um, enjoy the game for what it is. If you're a, a completionist, you're going to be really challenged. But you can also just play the game and not get hung up on collecting every single thing. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, that's the only way I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean that—that's the beautiful thing is that you can you can be a completionist and you can go hardcore right. and you can make YouTube videos about how to find every damn thing, or you exactly. can just breathe and enjoy it all, right? Exactly. That was important to us was that where there was going to be um, areas of high difficulty, like the flashback levels, we created these yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Flash, yeah. flashbacks yeah. to the '90s where we had like a <laughs> VHS hard. filter. Yeah, they're really hard. Of course, they're wanted to provide the challenge for the fans who wanted that but they're side content they're not down the main path so it's really important to us that if you just want to go through see all the worlds see all the story that you can do that awesome okay this is a bit of an esoteric question you guys have picked up the reins on crash after a bit of a i think it's been about 10 years since we got an original crash game and you guys have crafted us one now um what would you want to pass on to a developer that might take the reins on this franchise in 10 years or 20 years? What can you pass on and they can search this, this video down the road? Um, a bit of wisdom about, uh, you know, handling crash properly, Dan. Oh, that's a difficult question. Play the game. I think, I think everything that we, everything that we learned, everything that we felt about how we should present crash, we put on screen. I don't think there's anything, there's no secrets behind what's on screen. It's all, it's all there. Josh? Yeah, I'd say following up on what Dan said, it's like Crash is a great character, 
but the gameplay is what makes those games special. Um, so I think one of the things that we really focused on was not just taking the IP and throwing it in a sandbox. You know, it was, that wouldn't have that wouldn't have worked. Um, yeah, let me let me add to that, Josh, as well. That um, what made Crash games special in the '90s um, was a very distinctive flavor of gameplay, and that's what millions and millions of people really loved. So it was really important to us to maintain that and just not to say Crash is open world or something. That's not what makes those games awesome. Um, so it was really clear to us that we had to first figure out what it was about those original games that people loved and then be super respectful to those gameplay principles while also modernizing, uh, adding new features that all fit within that same gameplay framework. And also just ra raising the level of theater and intensity. You know, like uh, we have all these wonderful chase sequences in the game and that's a classic crash thing that you don't see in other games where Crash is running yeah. towards the camera and originally it was a boulder chasing him. And um, instead of a boulder, we have this incredible spirit monster that's like cruising through the caverns <laughs> and ripping gates apart and swooping underneath and coming back up. And it just this this layer of theater and intensity that we can add with, with what uh, video game consoles can do these days. Um, it takes this the same gameplay, but just amps it. It's, it's awesome. Super fun. Well, you guys did it, and congratulations again. Crash 4, It's About Time, is available now for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Uh, Dan Neal and Josh Nadelberg, thank you so much for joining me today on Vic's Basement. Give it up for these guys. Thank, thank you all for watching. We will see you soon, and until then, play forever. <laughs>